Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Disney you're, 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 you're the Podcast and a video cast where I teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in beautiful Taipei, Taiwan. Unfortunately, we don't have a very good Wi-Fi connection, but hey, life as a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. Uh, so apologies in advance if there's any hiccups, lags, or delays, but hey, we're going to roll with it. And uh, one of the things I love to do on my show is interview fellow dads, fellow authors, fellow entrepreneurs, and I have one here on the show here today. Uh, so our guest today is actually joining us from England, and he's a recently published author of a great book called Daddy Daycare. What an appropriate name for a book. You know, any of us who have spent any time with the kids will know it's kind of like a daycare. Uh, so uh, he's written a great book, and it's not only text-based, but he has some great illustrations as well. And our guest today is Jonathan uh, Tyndale. So Jonathan Tyndale, author of Daddy Daycare. Jonathan, how are you doing over there in the United Kingdom today? Well, it's very well, thank you, and uh, thanks for thanks for having me on board. I'm really excited about this. It's a beautiful summer, but we've had weeks and weeks of army summer's days. It's, it's lovely here, lovely. Sounds great, sounds great. So why don't we firstly hear a little bit about your backstory in terms of your life and your work and your family. Let's hear a little bit more about you before we get into the book subject. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm, uh, well, I've now reached the, uh, the slightly grand age of uh, sort of 43. I'm uh, sort of happily married. I have children. I have a son, three. Um, I hold down a job. Um, and on the side, I uh, occasionally write books. I, about 15 years ago, I kind of got caught by the, actually 20 years ago, I got caught by the traveling bug. And about 15 years ago, I moved out to New Zealand and lived in there, uh, which was uh, an exciting and slightly hairy experience, of which I then proceeded to spend probably close to way of nailing down the story. And it took a long time. But I eventually uh, published it. Uh, um, it became something of a success. Um, I expected to maybe sell 100 copies. Uh, um, and then maybe when I was a copy here and there was kind of my game plan. And then it just uh, took off and Amazon was looking like 100 copies a month. I thought, okay, this is nice. And then I ended up um, uh, sort of in the role less of uh, traveling and more of the, the, the running. And um, so I thought, well, actually, this is, this is kind of pretty rich material to draw from. Um, maybe I should write about this, and, and then uh, and then Daddy Daycare was born, so to speak. Well, definitely congratulations, and uh, uh, you know, on a show we love talking travel as well. Uh, so tell us about some of your travel journeys. I know, obviously, you would travel a lot more once you have kids. You might uh, get into the typical suburban dad mode, but uh, tell us about your big adventures around the world. Where has uh, you know, your travels taking you in terms of cities, countries, and continents, and any highlights? Um, well, I, I've, I've been really lucky, you know. I got, um, 
I went out to Ecuador, which was probably one of my sort of uh, one of my really sort of exciting trips. And I went right out into the, uh, the Ecuadorian rainforest, uh, amazing resort called Papawi, where these uh, basically it was more or less being run and run by people who didn't even have a concept of time until about a few years previously. It's like right deep in the middle of the rainforest, and it was an extraordinary sort of ecotourism project to try and uh, leverage independence for the local tribe so that they weren't at the mercy of uh, government and the logging and oiling industry. There was an amazing story about sort of 15, 20 years or so ago, the, the Ecuadorian minister for uh, uh, energy pitched up there once and they basically took him hostage <laughs> and demanded their demand to try and demand all of, you know, extraordinary rich colors and sounds. Uh, the thing that really struck me was the sounds, you know, the sound never switches off in the rain it's just constant chorus of crazy monkey chatter and bird call and colors it was it was a glorious place um i've been to syria twice from damascus so when i came back from new zealand in 2003 my best friend decided he wanted to try and settle down and meet a wife and he went about going out the old-fashioned way so him and his mum and me go out to Damascus in 2005 and you went on like the uh, Syrian dating scene whereby his mum then sort of hitched them up with all these sort of local local women that he, she knew through the various parents and stuff and that was an eye-opener. I didn't get caught up in the in the in the Syrian dating uh, uh, well myself along into it and incidentally he, he, he did get married and uh, you know happily so um, but I did get to spend well, two trips out there and um, getting buses and jumping on the back of uh, mopeds and motorbikes and went all the way up to um, Homs and Aleppo border around the, the Euphrates it was yeah it was exciting I mean then there was Syria was an incredibly safe as long as you did the Bashar Assad, but you know, all the concern was over the border in Iraq, and there was a lot of Iraqi refugees coming through. So I met in turmoil um, from the uh, 2003 Iraqi war. So that was interesting. But yeah, living in a caravan in New Zealand was kind of topped, really, because that was uh, six months of deep immersion in not just a, a different country, but just uh, living in, in, in the back of beyond. and. Uh, and what that kind of is, it's yeah, it's quite a powerful, dare I say, sort of spiritual experience being dragged out from the 21st century and thrown in the forest for several months. Yeah, it was, um, I'd recommend it, but it's, it's certainly a roller coaster. But yeah. Well, right now you're on a different type of roller coaster, a different type of adventure as a dad. Uh, tell us about uh, your journey, uh, you know, from your uh, kind of youthful days of travel and now to uh, getting married, having kids, uh, you know, uh, moving to the suburbs. Tell us about that transition. How did that happen for you? It's, yeah, I mean, I, life is glorious. I mean, I... You know, I, I love being a dad and, you know, I, I, I love suburbia, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, 
I've got the city on my doorstep and I've got the countryside in my, off my garden. It's nice, but um, yeah, there is a certain amount of adjustment. Um, I kind of got to give credit to you um, in your, uh, you know, taking your, taking your family traveling with you to the extent that you do. Not many of us uh, have, 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 the, uh, have the bravery to do that. And I, I have, my, my wife is from Hong Kong, so we do do periodic sort of visits out to Hong Kong. We have, you know, been out to China, although we're not taking the kids to China. Um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think at this point in my life, because it is so tiring being that person who just wants to sit by the beach and, you know, somebody put a large pina colada in my hand and say holidays with small families don't pan out like that either and um you know wherever you go you you're always on uh, 24 7 kind of duties so uh it's good fun it's good fun but um yeah we kind of scaled back our adventuring a little bit uh, i'm still yet to find the sort of perfect sweet spot of um, relaxation and uh, and or kind of um, exciting travel but yeah, it's always fun but I come back from holiday more tired than when I left <laughs> I don't know how you manage <laughs> yeah I know it's, it's definitely challenging uh, in terms of traveling with the three little young ones but of course it's the incredible blessing as well uh, because you get to see the world through their eyes uh, you get to see them interacting with different cultures and different food and different languages so it's a whole different experience from my backpacker days in my 20s and 30s and now I'm really seeing the world through their little eyes and little minds and uh, you know uh, little personalities so it's an incredible blessing as a dad to see that firsthand uh, so I'm curious to know uh, when did you actually come up with this idea uh, you know a lot of us dads were so busy uh, so how did you actually come up with the idea to actually put your thoughts experiences and memories into book form tell us about that thought process when you decided when you came up with the idea and then actually implemented it executed it, and then published it tell us about the process I uh, sure um, well having all already done squash possums I kind of knew how to write a book and I knew how to how to publish it um, I had the opportunity to spend six months with my daughter in maternity leave my wife was off for the first six months and then I took the second six months with my daughter um, and I just when I was you know doing this I didn't meet any um, any other dads doing anything like it. I mean, in the UK, we had this uh, uh, law came into place um, called shared parental leave, which is, uh, enables and encourages uh, the dads to share maternity leave with, um, with, their, with their other halves. But the take up has been quite low and um, I certainly didn't come across many other people doing it. And I thought, well, maybe it is quite, um, it is quite interesting, quite funny. Um, but well, maybe maybe I could put together a book that might encourage more dads to think, oh, well, you know, maybe if that is, then, then, maybe, then maybe I can. So I did not write a book whilst I was looking after my daughter full time. I barely had enough time to go. It was occasionally um, scratched down a few notes whenever something struck me, whenever there was like a little moment and I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. Or you know, particular little sort of 
anecdotes, so little conversations with other mums as they kind of came and went. I sort of jot them down quickly. And then when I went back to work, um, I started writing it. So I, I wrote, as I did with Squash Possums, I wrote this book entirely on, on the London Underground. I have an hour journey into work and an hour journey back from work. Um, and I spent those two hours every day writing. So I'd leave, you know, get the kids ready, leave the house, get on the train, write, get off the train, go to work, leave work, get on the train, write, come home, get the kids down. And I did that for six months. And in that six months, a book was produced. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it would be easier just to sort of like nap, I suppose, or I don't know, <laughs> pick up a newspaper or pick, pick up. Well, definitely but, a big uh, congrats. The more I did it, the funnier the whole, the whole thing became. So, yeah, good on you. Good on you for actually uh, disciplining yourself, you know, writing on the underground, writing on the tube and uh, writing in between those nap times and, uh, you know, in those uh, in between times that uh, us parents may occasionally have. So good on you. Uh, tell us about the actual cartoons, uh, because your book is very different than most uh, uh, books in terms of most books may be text based or they might be full illustration based uh, illustration based but you've created a great fusion uh, between text and illustration so tell us about the drawing and the cartoons in the book <laughs> well uh, I wish I could say that I could draw I wish I could say that I was artistically inclined and a great illustrator but I'm not but there's uh, artistic man to sort of illustrate um, little points and little jokes and stuff that uh, I suppose I could have written it in the form of you know more copy and more text I suppose but part of the point of the book was to write something that people I mean the people who are going to read this book are time poor you know they're probably going to pick it up they're probably going to get a moment at, at night time maybe like have 10 minutes or so maybe five minutes maybe even two and a half minutes moments to sort of read something and you know, having a few little, um, a little sort of jokey um, uh, stickman, the sort of little kind of funny uh, uh, graphic sort of illustrations, and it just helps break up the text and just makes it a bit of a, an easier, lighter, and more sort of fun read. Because I don't know about you, I, I you know, I, I like reading, but I, I didn't have the appetite to, to read much. I, you know, I was tired and exhausted, um, and so, so anything that kind of makes it a bit more of a light and breezy, funny read. Um, you can just pick up, read a couple of pages and put down, make it a bit more digestible. So there, that was that was the idea. I, I wish I could draw better. You know, I can only apologise for the drawings. It's very nice. It's funny that you've mentioned it. I kind of like look. You no, know, they they are quite funny. You know, so I'm told. So people quite like them. So that you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of nice. Uh, I don't. I don't. They, they won't be. They won't be hanging up in a gallery anytime soon. But. The next Picasso, you know, yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, make sure you start your bidding now on the originals, not yeah. the ones in the, the original hand-drawn signed copies, right? Jonathan, uh, yeah. 
curious to know about the actual book. Yeah, well, uh, in terms of the topics, the themes, uh, they're quite humorous, uh, nice anecdotes. I didn't read every single sentence of the book, but I had a chance to skim through it. And, uh, you know, some of the chapters really uh, uh, caught, uh, piqued my curiosity. I won't say which one, uh, you could probably imagine. But, uh, uh, you know, I quite liked uh, the book and I quite liked your humor. Um, and I could definitely relate as a dad. Uh, so tell us about, uh, you know, your themes and topics. What are the themes and topics you cover in the book? Um, well, there's, I, I tried to sort of bring up um, the subjects that I thought would kind of appeal to, appeal to a dad. So for instance, there's, you know, there's a chapter there about, I, you know, you might want to go to the about that. You've got this little person to look after. But, you know, here's a number of exercises that you can do. You know, bench pressing your small child, you know, lifting them left and right, you know, swinging them around and, and all the rest of it. So it's like, well, these are the things you used to do. You can't do that anymore. But here's something that you could do, which you could actually have some fun and your child could, have, you know, have fun with as well. Um, so, you know, I brought in sort of music and stuff because for me, you know, uh, music a big part of my life you know i've gone to you know concerts and you know got a stack of records and cds and you know i wanted you know for my sake but also i thought instill a little bit of musical education into my child as soon as possible okay humpty dumpty and uh you know all the other sort of nursery rhymes hickory dickory dock and stuff that's great and we did we did do those um but we kind of thought well yeah, we can we can listen to some prints as well. That's cool. We can like stick on a bit of David Bowie, and you know, sort of she 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 definitely likes her disco, which is nice. So we play a lot of uh, like sort of early sheep and stuff. So it's like yeah. In fact, I was just in the car yesterday, and uh, Bowie and uh, Freddie Mercury's Under Pressure came on, and she just went crazy. And I thought, I that's that, that, that's that's. That's my influence. That's that's daddy work. That is. I'm I'm, I'm feeling quite proud. Yeah. So that so that that was not. Um, but yeah. But I mean, there's also kind of serious points behind some of this as well. It's like um, I don't think until you've done it. I mean, certainly when I used to come home from work, and my wife had been home on maternity leave, and I'd ask, you know, how her day was and what she'd done with her day, and she would say something like, "Oh, well, I." you know, nearly did the laundry and had a cup of coffee or something and you're kind of thinking, well, that's not, you know, I never say it, but it kind of thinking, well, that doesn't seem like an awful lot. Somebody's been home for 10 hours. And so I just wrote a chapter which basically breaks down what your day is like, like in like sort of 10 minute chunks all through the day. And it's just mind boggling where the time goes. You know, it's just looking after this like little person is going to, shockingly absorb and soak up and take every moment of time you have every ounce of energy every little bit of patience all of your love i mean you will love it i did it was a joy it was a privilege i consider myself privileged to have this time but it's hard work <laughs> it is you know because you're on duty 24 7 uh you you know you, you know you go for a wee and somebody shouts at you, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you don't get your milk bag, your, your child quick enough. And she's screaming like you're, 
you know, some irresponsible staff out of Downton Abbey and she's going to fire you and throw you back down the mine or something. It's just, you know, doesn't, um, my daughter, she doesn't suffer fools gladly. Um, so, so I kind of wanted, I wanted to get a little sense that, you know, you could, it's not as easy as you might think it might be, um, but you can do it and you can have a lot of fun doing it and, and take a lot of pleasure and a lot of joy from it as well. Great to see, uh, hear about all these uh, incredible experiences. I love how you broke down your day and you're so right. Uh, you know, you don't fully plan your days. You just know you got to get them ready. You got to make sure they're fed. If they're younger, they need to be changed. Uh, take the, brush their teeth, or take the shower. And then all of this other time, it just boom, 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 boom. It goes, 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 goes. And all of a sudden you're exhausted. Uh, day's over. So yeah, I could totally relate uh, to, to those sentiments there. One of the other questions I wanted to cover is this whole area of authorship. Uh, on our show, we love uh, interviewing authors and also helping other people become authors for the first time because it's a dream of so many to write the book, write a book, and um, they don't get around to it. They get busy, uh, they delay it, procrastination, time uh, gets in the way. So you, as a busy dad, have published your book and me as well. Uh, so what are your top tips if you wanted to... Uh, encourage our listeners and viewers here today to write their own book. What advice would you give them? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, because I didn't, I, I didn't seriously, I, uh, I had a stack of notes and a very rough draft when my son was born six years ago, but I didn't sincerely get down to writing until I was a father. It was kind of funny. It was almost like I have a lot less time now I'm going to make sure I use it wisely. You know, before children, I had lots of time and I, I don't know, I kind of messed around with it, I suppose. I did travel and I did enjoy it. But, you know, time wasn't a rich commodity. Whereas as soon as I had less of it as a parent, I, then it seemed to focus me and galvanize me to spend my time sort of wisely. Um, I think you, you kind of have to have, it's not, I don't think it's something that you can kind of get into doing thinking that you're quite like to do it I I felt I kind of really felt I had to do it I felt I had to write the story I had a, a real hunger to kind of get it down and done and then I suppose it's a matter of you know for me being sort of so time poor trying to find the time to do it it's so you know, I want to spend time with my wife. I need to want to spend time with my children. By the time my children got off bed, it was late. You know, wasn't you know. So for me, it was an hour to get into work. Most of the time, I had a seat, but sometimes I'd be standing up and sort of you know wedged wedged underneath somebody's armpit with my tablet, going writing like this. Um, but just um just 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 keep doing it i suppose and, and in a sense you can kind of write when you're not writing so it's you know your phone is all your phone your phone is always with you you may not have a notebook with you but there's a notebook application on your phone an idea comes to your mind you're in the supermarket without your phone jot it down or use your um uh, voice recorder app or something and uh you kind of had a really good idea for a a plot or a story or a bit of dialogue or something you don't know when these ideas will come to you get it down as soon as you can and i would say you know use your phone um so just 
make a note of it because as soon as you think of it, uh, it can be gone again, be gone again as quickly. You know, you hear these great stories from people like McCartney and Keith Richards and stuff, and they'd like wake up in the morning and like with this like great idea for a riff, and the clever ones wrote it down. But the number of times they said, "Oh yeah, I had this great idea for a tune," and but it went, it's like gone. <laughs> oh, oh dear, who knows what it might, how good it might have been, or what might have been. You got to, you just got to nail it down as you know, at any opportunity, wherever you are. Um, it doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, write it down and then save it and come back to it later when you do have time. Absolutely. I love my phone app, uh, you know, my notes app, always taking notes. Sometimes in the middle of the morning, I'll be like not being able to sleep and I'll have all these, like my mind is working like crazy and I'll be like, okay, go ahead and write it down. And then boom, I, uh, you know, I do the little catharsis and then I actually go back to sleep because I've uh, let it go out of my mind. My mind's calm. Boom. I can crash right away. The thing I would add to what you said is uh, uh, make it public. Uh, you know, when you have this idea and when you want to publish this book, make it public on your social media, make it public uh, on your blog, make it public on your YouTube channel if you have one. And that will force you to do it because all of a sudden you're accountable uh, to your social media network and uh, there's this integrity on the line, right? So highly recommend uh, having that idea, making it public. That will force you to act so uh, speaking of acting, I'm curious to know, what is the vision now? You finished this book, obviously you're in the marketing, uh, getting out there kind of stage. What's next? Is there going to be Daddy Daycare, the sequel? Is there going to be a whole different book? Uh, tell us about what the future holds in terms of your life, your marriage, parenting, uh, business, authorship, and more. Oof. Um, I, I have wondered about this. Another. I kind of felt I was quite careful with this one to slightly anonymize things. Although I was speaking very directly about most of my daughter, I always referred to her as Squeaky rather than her name, and always referred to my son as Padawan. So I, I like to provide a little bit of distance because I, I'm always very mindful of um, uh, the story of what happened to uh, Christopher Robin, uh, who was the A.A. Uh, a. A. Milne's son, who became right. the influence for the main character in the Winnie the Pooh stories. Yes. He, he grew up hating that character. It destroyed his life. And I, I, I never imagined that my book would be so successful or so popular that my daughter, when she's 18, is going to turn around to me, oh, well, why did you write all that stuff about me as a kid and stuff? I think that writing about a baby, I think, is easier. I, I Writing mischievous comments about my kids as they grow up, I, I'm a little... I don't know, I, I'm a little worried that they might hold it against me. So I don't think I'll write another parenting book. I don't think, I don't know. Um, I do have a couple of other ideas. Um, I haven't actually discussed them with anyone, um, but uh, I have a couple of thoughts, but um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm holding my cast to my chest on that one. I, I, well, one thing I've, I've thought about, I've been, I've, I've been practicing yoga for nearly 20 years, and I know a very interesting, uh, my yoga teacher is a very, very interesting guy with a lot of interesting thoughts and a sort of rich experience of um, sort of yoga traditions. And I've, one, I've pitched an idea about maybe doing a book with him, uh, which, which would be potentially interesting. And I've got another idea up my sleeve as well, but I'm, I'm not, yes, they're, they're a long way from me even starting at the moment. I need to sort of give them. We shall see. We shall see. And I, 
I, I play the piano as well. That kind of absorbs a bit of time. So when I get home, I'm learning great blue jazz and blues on the piano. My son's learning as well, actually. We, we started, so I started a little before him. I started when I was 40. He started, well, he started when he was four and a half. <laughs> so he has the benefit of youth, but I do practice more than him. So I, I, yeah, my, I'm planning on keeping my piano playing going as well. So, yeah, there's always projects. And your children, your projects as well. Finding uh, new things to interest and spark their imagination. It's always, uh, always a joy. Absolutely, absolutely. So I look forward to uh, all of these plans coming to fruition. So uh, in closing here, Jonathan, if people wanted to grab a copy of uh, Daddy Daycare on Amazon and across the World Wide Web, uh, tell us about all the links on how people can connect with you on a personal level if they wanted to ask questions about fatherhood or authorship or and also if they want to grab a copy of the book, how can they do that? Uh, well, the book is... Uh, is available on Amazon. Um, you can contact me uh, via Twitter at, uh, at John Tyndale. And I also do a little bit of the old Instagramming with uh, my little alter ego Lego, uh, Lego dad character, um, also at John Tyndale. Um, so yeah, so please do, um, please do get, it's always nice to hear from people. Please, uh, you know, get in touch and, uh, you know, for God's sake, buy the book. <laughs> buy that book. Buy that book right now. You know, finish the podcast, grab a copy <laughs> of that book, and you'll be definitely in stitches at the humor, and you're going to love this book. So, Jonathan, I uh, just wanted to give you a big thank you, Sheshe, uh, from here in Taipei, Taiwan, uh, for being on our show here. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon, my friend. Oh, thank you, Ricky. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy Taiwan. Thank you. We will. Bye we'll bye. definitely enjoy Taiwan indeed. Uh, so thanks, everyone. Make sure you grab a copy of uh, Jonathan's oh, book. Check out. Check. Pardon me? Go ahead. Check out uh, Din Tai Fung, if you've not been already. The uh, legendary uh, dumpling uh, shop that uh, is absolutely awesome. Din Tai Fung. There's a chain of them there. It's uh, amazing. Yes. No, I'm quite familiar with it. That's the, definitely. The uh, Shaolong Bao. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Angel World. When I did uh, my research about Taipei, uh, you know, I did my research. I was looking at it, obviously Taipei 101. The night markets like Shi Lin and Ningxia and uh, Rao He. And then uh, um, uh, I saw this video by uh, friends of mine, actually, Samuel and Audrey. And they went to that uh, dumpling place. And uh, when I was watching them eat the dumplings, I'm like, oh, man, I got to go there and make my own video. So in the next few days, we're definitely going to be heading there, too. So stay tuned and make sure you check out our YouTube channel for watching that video nice. where our family checks, uh, tries out the uh, delicious dumplings as well. So thanks for that recommendation, Jonathan. So, yeah, once again, make sure you grab a copy of Jonathan's book and make sure you grab a copy of my book. I actually made a whole T-shirt around it as well. There's the, the book cover. It's called Exploring the Continents, A Family's Journey to Visit Every Country in the World. And this is the South American edition. I'm actually working on my North American edition. That's uh, volume two. And then uh, there's going to be uh, seven volumes for the seven continents. We'll be doing South America, North America, Europe, Asia, Australia, Africa, and of course, Antarctica. So make sure you grab a copy or multiple copies of my book as well. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning into this episode uh, where we uh, love connecting with fellow authors and fellow dads. And uh, if you have a book in you, definitely if Jonathan can do it, if I can do it, so can you. 
So happy writing, and we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode.